Don't forget that we have an event sponsored by Comadresi Comics. What event is that, Jen? So, the event is a hardcover party release for Quince. The bilingual edition, guys. The bilingual edition. So, we will be partying it up at a quinceanera style party at Heidi Ho on Saturday, January 25th. Heidi Ho Comics is located at 412 Broadway in Santa Monica, California. And I'm not sure as to the time quite yet because we haven't solidified all of that. But keep an eye out because as the information comes to us, we will um, get it all out to you guys. But we're doing all this planning early um, and uh, Fanbase Press, the publisher of the book, um, is hoping that by planning so far in advance, they're hoping to ensure the availability of not only the main creative team, which is Sebastian Kadlecik Mm -hmm. and the the Stein Kellner sisters. So they also have contributors to the hardcover that they've invited. And the contributors are executive producer, showrunner, director, and actor from One Day at a Time, Gloria Calderon Kellett. (gasps) Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. Executive producer, showrunner, writer for Mr. Iglesias, which is Peter Murrieta. I heard that show's great on Netflix. I actually really like Mr. Iglesias. Dr. um, Aldama, who is Frederick Louis Aldama, who is the Dr. Latino or Dr. Yes, he won an Eisner for yes. his um, uh, for his book about Latinx superheroes, superheroes in mainstream That's comics. Right. Yes. yes, La Borinquena or no, no, um, no. America Ferrera is in the cover. Um, uh, no, America, America Chavez. Yes. Why yes. did I say yes. Ferrera? I always, <laughs> guys, you know what? Just send me home. Um, <laughs> and then Chavez. yes, Dr. Rojas, um, Teresa Rojas, who is um, now going to be doing the Latin X. Uh, is it now Expo in Modesto? Yes. 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 And then Javier Hernandez from El Muerto fame. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, Sabrina Cintron, the witches, grimoire, and La Boriqueña. Mm-hmm. Malena Bonilla, um, and also Jose Cabrera. Very exciting, guys. So hopefully you guys please set aside that date so that we can hang out and party it up. <laughs> and also don't forget to bring money to get your copy of your bilingual hardcover copy of Quince. Hope to see you there. Welcome to a new episode of Comadresi Comics. This is episode 64. How are you girls doing? Good. I'm recovering from being sick. Oh, I know. That's terrible. At least I can breathe through my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yep. So we just came back from uh, Thanksgiving. What What did you guys do? This is Kristen. Um, Eddie and I went to his uncle's home and shared Thanksgiving with um, Eddie's side of the family. None of my family members live close in the L.A. area. So we went there, had... um, we actually had lasagna. Mm, it's a homemade. Good. Yeah, and it was wasn't homemade, but it was from um, Giuliano's. Oh in wow, they do Torrance. that. Yeah, they have they have a. I didn't know this, but they have a hot menu. They have a restaurant there and everything that you really? go and they bring the food to you. They have really good um, Italian food. Yeah. Oh, I gotta try that. I like their crushed meatball sandwich. Oh, I've never had that. I've one. had their calzone, but I like the pizza machine better. But hmm. but uh, n- you said lasagna and my yeah. mouth just started watering. It was really good. It was really good. Wow. Um, and I brought two pies from a bakery in Torrance called Sugar Free Shack. Oh, wow. Oh, and yeah. it is a bakery that um, they cook both sugar-free and low-carb um, bakery items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had their cupcakes, their donuts, their pies, their cinnamon rolls. They have fruit tarts, all kinds of yummy stuff. And their sugar substitute is all natural. It's no chemicals. And nice. we tried their pecan pie and their pumpkin pie, and they were both so good. And you cannot tell that they're low-carb. And just to give you an example or an idea of low carb, um, how low carb their cupcakes are, one of their cupcakes is four carbs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, That's incredible. That's so and little. To just give you a little bit of a, um, 
frame of, of reference. Something to, yeah, frame of reference. One can of Coke, of regular Coke, is 39 carbs. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Oh All of them God. from sugar. So, wow. Sugar curves. Yeah, so really, really good. I've started, um, I've been doing, I've been trying to do, I will qualify that statement, um, <laughs> low carb for about a year now. And when I found, and I, I'm not a a sugary, sweet tooth kind of girl anyway. Mm. My vices are all pasta, bread, rice, Mm. potatoes, all those things. The good stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, but uh, pumpkin pie is my favorite during the holidays. So to actually have something that was a really good substitute, I was super happy and not a sad little um, chubby girl at the (laughs) Thanksgiving (laughs) table. (laughs) Nice. So what did you do, Jen? Uh, Well... Uh, my family didn't do anything. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom um, um, uh, makes tamales for mm-hmm. um, uh, orders for other people. Oh. So we were doing mostly that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then on Friday morning, we had uh, pollo dorado that Ooh. she did. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. Uh, and then later on, I went to a Friendsgiving. Oh, uh, yes. Nice. And that was, that was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, cool. that We had the whole turkey and everything. And yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, that's fun. It was, uh, it, it was good. I was just uh, like, uh who cares about Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> did anybody do Black Friday shopping? No, I did okay, not. Yeah. I, I was at the shop on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shop, but I was at the shop. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, did you do the turkey trot? No, because, okay, so this is again, Kristen. I was scheduled to do a turkey trot in Torrance <laughs> on Thursday morning. Uh, it was at 8 o'clock. I woke up at 5.30, so I could have made it, but it was Pouring rain. It was, wasn't it? Was. It? Yeah, it was pouring. It was At eight o'clock, when the race actually would have happened, it was kind of just drizzling. It wasn't pouring. But when I was thinking about it and getting trying during the time that I would have had to been getting ready for it, it was pouring, pouring, pouring like so loud in the house. And I was like, mm, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't. I didn't, you know, connect that, but you're right. It was really... If I had already paid for it, I probably would have just, like... Gone and gotten, gotten sick? Yeah. I would have <laughs> toughened up and like, okay, uh, I'll do... I run in the rain before. It actually isn't that bad, but it's been so cold. Yes, it did. Yep. We got the, snow. I know. That's yeah. the other thing on top of, of the rain is that it was cold, cold, cold. So, yeah, I was, I was like, I'll just stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say turkey trot in my head, it's just... A bunch people, of turkeys trotting. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of turkeys, like people forcing turkeys to walk <laughs> in a parade format. <laughs> Wearing little hats. Wearing little hats, yeah. <laughs> well, I had the full-on Thanksgiving. Uh, my husband made the, this beef uh, of steak in the ma- in in the oven. It's the big chunk of beef that mm-hmm. has that big one uh, rib or whatever, so it looks like a pea. Nope. L- like the capital P. Anyway, oh. <laughs> it, it always reminds me of the Flintstones. But, oh, uh, well, <laughs> they came out with the big old brontosaurus. <laughs> yeah. I'm a... Of- um, uh, a rack or like a roast or something like that? Some kind of roast. Something I, I have like to that. find out what it is. I always call it a pea and it, people don't know what I'm talking about. Well, he made that in a salad and then we went to my aunt's house and uh, my aunt invited her husband's side of the family. Like on her side, it was just my brother, myself and my husband. And um, so we went uh, and then we all gave thanks individually. And then um, what I didn't know is that they... That that side of the family always does it as a buffet format. Oh, okay. But I wanted, to, and I asked, and I had told my aunt to bring the the turkey out so my my uncle can carve, carve it, it mm-hmm. in front of the whole family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, but as soon as everybody's finished giving thanks, they all rush the kitchen, and I was like, uh, we were gonna carve the turkey, <laughs> so I still got carved turkey shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but uh, there was one. A person who was like, I wanted to get turkey, but uh, whatever. And I was like, Wow. I was like, It's okay. It's not that serious. It's just, you know, just one minute. I feel like our entire chisme de la semana (laughs) could be completely full with all family chisme that happened on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, actually, yeah. 
That's very true. I can tell. My family is cheese man, and the people who, who we delivered food to is cheese man. <laughs> okay, real briefly, on the way home, Eddie and I were taking um, his mother and his aunt home, and they speak Italian. So they're mm-hmm. speaking Italian in the back, but I speak Spanish enough to understand some of the things that they're saying. Yeah. And also, they were interspersing uh, English words in. Yeah. So I told Eddie when they got out of the car, they were talking shit. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what were they saying? Because he he was actually bilingual as a child, mm. but he lost it um, mm-hmm. because he he stopped speaking it um, when he went to elementary school. Um, and he says that yeah. if he pays attention, he can kind of listen. Catch, but yeah. he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I wasn't paying attention. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How You're dare supposed you? to be paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I actually ended up walking home with Stephanie. Um, because Frank, he gets up early for work. So he's mm-hmm. like, I want to go home and sleep. And I go, you can go home and sleep. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. somebody will take us. Because it's a, what, a, a 10 minute walk, five minute drive. Yeah. So uh, my aunt started pouring shots. And so then <laughs> oh. we all started doing shots. And then I was like, they're like, we'll take you. And I'm like, no, no, I want to walk. <laughs> and so, yeah, we ended up walking home. And, like, close to when I got home, I was like, I need to be. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it was, like, a little bit of drama there, like, where I was trying to get into the door and I couldn't hold it anymore. It was just crazy. It was, like, <laughs> when I finally sat down, like, the relief was, like, amazing. But, yeah. But, yeah. No, I thought that was that was interesting. We ha- I haven't done the walk of shame in a long time. Like that type of shame. Like where I'm like, oh, Not I the lost other my kind husband. Of shame? Not the other kind of shame. <laughs> where I lost the now husband. Now then that would have been another, <laughs> another, another piece of cheese man. Right, right. <laughs> Forget the comic books. <laughs> Sarah, spill. <laughs> so uh, if, well, since we're sharing, I'm not going to share mine, but uh, I'm going to share another family is that we dro- when we dropped off tamales, apparently someone didn't bring food to the gathering. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so they was just like you could just hear people like talking in the background and stuff like that, and, <laughs> and that was really funny. <laughs> oh, that's messed up. Because like even if it's just store bought, or even if they tell you not don't bring anything, that's just you yeah. have to bring yes. something. That's just like universal code. You have to bring yeah. something. Yeah, yep, yep, most definitely. Especially in the Latino, oh, in the Latino household, <laughs> yeah. even worse. Yes, like the person who who bought the tamales from us, they got extra kudos because they were like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. like you, like you got you got some meat and yeah. stuff like that." Mm. But the person who didn't bring anything at all, yeah. everybody was just like, "Not even beer or anything. Not even gonna <laughs> right? throw in some cash or nothing, or and even like a bottle of five dollar wine." Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, three dollars at Trader Joe's, right? Two buck check. It, oh, it's not oh, two please. bucks anymore. It's, it's oh, a Latino right. family. Oh, they yeah. would have brought even Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Cheese de la Semana. Jen, what do you have for us today? Oh, I have some good cheese mm-hmm. So there was some uh, drama on, of course, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> of course, Twitter. Twitter. Of course, Twitter. And it was actually because of a cover. Oh. Um, uh, from DC Comics uh, that was done by Rafael Grampa. And it's the cover for uh, Dark Knight Returns, the Golden Child comic book written by Frank Miller. Okay. And uh, it was, it showed, uh, it's, it had a logo that said the future is young and it had Carrie Kelly as Batwoman. So first of all, we're getting Carrie Kelly as Batwoman mm. uh, from that. And if you had kept up with Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, they had been hinting at, uh, they or they'd pretty much shown that as well. So Carrie Kelly is going to be future Batwoman. But uh, above all, she's dressed in black and gold. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the colors for the bat fam mm-hmm. and she's holding a molotov cocktail mm. with it now the thing about this and why it's so dramatic is that the pose and the colors uh, that stuff that was oh, the being used, one no no okay <laughs> uh these are colors that are being used by hong kong protesters oh yes and so <gasps> oh. china took uh, the the Chinese social media and government uh, criticized DC Comics for yeah. using that mm-hmm. uh, because they are really locking down mm-hmm. on trying to shut out anything that's up, happening right, in yeah. Hong Kong. And if you haven't been kept up with the news and stuff like that, Hong Kong is being infringed upon their rights uh, 
due to the overall Chinese government. Mm-hmm. And it has been going on for a lot of years now. And a lot of uh, social media, like the reason we know anything is because of social media right. mm-hmm. uh, and everything that's going on. But also it's becoming a lot of apparent just how many entertainment companies have dealings in China because something happens and then China criticizes it and then they pull everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most recent one before this that I can think of was Hearthstone uh, Blizzard. Oh, right, right, right. That was, and that Mm -hmm. was a big deal. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, uh, So, but here's the thing. Uh, DC Comics deleted the tweet, but... They have not changed the art. Mm. Okay. Uh, On Diamond and solicitations and stuff like that, it is still that artwork. And so, and they have not said, like, most of the other social medias, uh, like Blizzard and and the NBA and stuff like that, have issued a formal apology to China. DC Comics has not done that. Uh, Maybe Mm. whether because they see, like, I don't know, uh, all the backlash that a lot of these companies have gotten from the media but also they could be just like bruh it's just a comic right yeah it it could have no meaning uh but it's um uh it's kind of nice to see the fact even that the fact that they're not even discrediting it Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. maybe deleting the tweet is Mm -hmm. much is a little more than they should have done uh but they haven't deleted it they haven't said anything else Mm -hmm. about it and it is still up for solicitations and this has been getting a lot of traction, so there's, of course, going to be interest for this yep. cover. Wow. If they pull the cover, that means that people will want it. Mm-hmm. If yes. they don't pull it, people will still want it. So it's still like a kind of like, we're still going to make money off of this. Right. Uh, right. And I don't Has know. Has FOC hit? <laughs> uh, no, not yet, okay. but keep your eyes out on, yeah. uh, on it. Um, uh, so... Uh, Two pieces of cheese, man. Frank Miller is still writing comics for some reason. <laughs> uh, and that is the next upcoming title in the Dark Knight series for him, The Golden Child, that will focus on Carrie Kelly as Batwoman. Every time you say The Golden Child, I just think of Eddie Murphy with his little little hat. Wasn't Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child? I, I never saw that movie. No? Okay. No. I'm going to look. I'm going to get my handy dandy. He wasn't the golden child. There was a, another little actor, child actor, that uh-huh. played the golden child. But I think Eddie Murphy was in that movie. Anyway, I just picture picture <laughs> Eddie Murphy and I picture the child. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then there's the whole, like, uh, Hong Kong protesters thing going on. But, Yeah. Yes, it was Eddie Murphy, 1986 film. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what? I I vaguely uh, I'm thinking about what a golden child movie would look like, but I have no idea. I don't even. I remember seeing it. I just don't remember what the premise yes, of it was. Um, but it is a fantasy action film, and uh, it says after a Tibetan boy, the mystical golden child is kidnapped by the evil Sardo Numsa. Humankind's fate hangs in the balance. <laughs> On the other side of the world is Los Angeles's the priestess Keen Nong, who seeks the golden one and who will save the boy from death. I don't know where Eddie Murphy falls into this storyline, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does. Apparently. Interesting. So that is my chisme de la semana. Interesting. Wait, wait, wait. Um, go back to who's playing Batwoman. Who is she in the fam- Bat Family canon? Oh, Harry Kelly is uh, was a Robin. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. she was the uh, little redhead one that I see. Yes. yes. Okay. With the big glasses. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That is Carrie Kelly. Okay. And um, uh, she first appeared in the Dark Knight uh, Strikes. The Dark Knight. No, Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Yeah, because it's the Dark Knight Returns, the Dark Knight Strikes Again, and then the Dark Knight Master Race. Now the right, the third yeah. piece. And, and so wasn't now, it Carrie Kelly? His only appearance was in the Dark Knight and nowhere else. Yes, that in is the DC correct. Universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she is a future Robin. Where I can't wait for that. Uh-huh. I I've, I was like, whatever happened to her? So well, that yeah. this is cool. This so is cool. She's gonna be Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So this is kind of. It's an implication that if she either takes up the Batwoman title or Batman finally, finally retires and she is actually Batman in the future. So it kind of like a, it'd be really cool, but also my hesitancy comes from the fact that it's Frank Miller. (laughs) So it sounds cool. There's solid ideas there. If only he just wasn't crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> if only, if only. But yeah, that is my chisme de la semana. All right, guys. Kristen, what time is it? I believe that it is Hora de, de la, la Cervecita. Excellent. And today we have a very interesting brew from Monkish. It is... <laughs> it's a beer called Never No No. And it is an unfiltered Vienna lager. Oh, that sounded very That's very juicy. That was a very good. <laughs> it says it's 100% German Vienna malt and gently hopped with Hollertau Middelfra. I don't know. I'm assuming those are the the um the hops, but I don't know um where they're from. I guess German that sounds German. <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's a Germany, five, I guess. It's 5.2 ABV and um a little bit about Monkish. Monkish is one of my favorite South Bay um breweries. It's literally like a mile away from my house, mm-hmm. walking distance. In fact, I've walked there many times. This is uncharacteristic from Monkish because they don't do loggers very regularly, but um I was able to get a hold of um, of this can through one of their uh, can releases and um, I think it was a triple can release that time um, but I say in characteristic because they do not do lagers they do their like double IPAs and hazies mm-hmm. and juicies and stuff but we have been in search for a good lager mm-hmm. ever since Kristen said that uh, IPA sit too heavy on, in her I was like I'm gonna tr- do my best to look for a uh, lager <laughs> and let you. us let us find something that I I like because yeah. I mm-hmm. hate lagers. See, I love IPAs, but just I guess it's my old age or something. But all the IPAs <laughs> I've been drinking lately, just I I I enjoy them when I'm drinking them, but afterwards, it's, and I can only drink one because mm-hmm. afterwards my stomach just feels so full and bloated. I don't want to eat mm-hmm. or drink anything else, but. I was just wanted to comment on the monkish thing. Um, one of the reasons why monkish was one of my favorites is because Belgian style mm-hmm. brew, Belgian brewed Belgian style brewed beers are my absolute favorite, and that was kind of their niche when they first opened. Right, they did nothing but Belgians, mm-hmm. and after a while, they started um, evolving, and I think that was due to the fact that they came out pretty early. I would say in the south. Bay um, scene as far as the area that they're in and they were one of the first ones to open in that area mm-hmm. and I think that they kind of started evolving to evolving to keep up with all of the mm-hmm. other breweries in the area. I don't know if that's true or not but that's what it seemed like to me. Yes and and they have kept up really well because there's always a long line for their um, for their can releases there's always um, not a need for them but like a a, a, a demand, a demand for them um, on the beer exchanges and stuff like that. So, thanks to Compton Eric for uh, gifting us this can to try today. So, have you guys tried it yet? Not yet. It smells very weak as far as the beers that we usually drink here uh, go, but it still smells um, like the bouquet of it still gets my mouth watering. <clears throat> I. Mm. I don't know. Oh my gosh. What does like that it. taste? Is it like some lemon or something at the end? There's yeah. definitely okay. zest. I wasn't sure. Okay. Cause, oh, because you're sick. Because <laughs> one, I'm sick. I can still smell and taste, but also I've been drinking a lemon ginger tea. Oh, yeah. And yes. so I was just all like, is the tea interfering with it? Uh huh. But it is not because you just said it and yeah. so it was not wrong. But I, I kind of like it. I like that little zestiness. Um, this is Sarah, and I gotta say, I like it. Um, the aftertaste from the first sip was a little bit too much for me, but after the second sip, it, I guess you get used to it, your taste buds get used to it, mm-hmm. and it's actually pleasant. There is an aftertaste. It's mm-hmm. not an IPA Mm-mm. aftertaste. It's no. not hoppy. I feel like it's... Or maybe it is hoppy, but just not hoppy in in the IPA sense that we're used to, because those are different True. hops. We've never had something brewed with um, this German... Sounding right thing that yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was included in yeah. the yeah the, the weird German word yeah. that she but said but there is a there is an aftertaste I can't place it and just like Sarah the my initial reaction was ooh that's not good but then that lemon hit me mm. and it kind of overtook and then you're right the second 
drink or the second sip, uh, actually, it, it kind of like um, all came together mm-hmm. and it it's very flavorful. Yes, I'm just not 100% sure that I like the flavor. <laughs> no, and I completely agree with you on that one. Um, it is flavorful. It's definitely very um, fresh. Very, you know, like oh, you yeah. could taste that it's fresh ingredients. Like uh, you could even say that it, it tastes like it just came out of the tap. Uh-huh. It's it's good in that sense. I'm not sure I like it. I definitely would not stand in line for this again. The, the, okay, so I do not like okay my husband when he eats oranges will bite into it like an apple and no that's weird he doesn't eat the rind but still that he's biting into it and Mm -hmm. that ruins it for me whenever i get that taste in my mouth even though it's orange and the inside is good the zestiness of the rind i don't like and Mm -hmm. that is what i'm tasting here even though it's not orange it's either lemon or lime Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's overpowering everything yeah, and I think, and and that taste comes at the be- at the beginning of the sip, and it lasts all the way through, and then kind of uh, devolves into a lemony taste. But it's just really, I think, too overpowering for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Um, like I said, I would not. I wouldn't ordered this on top on tap if it was on tap i would not stand in line again for mm-hmm. this brew but it's if somebody brought it to a party sure i'll have it yeah <laughs> <laughs> if if it was free sure i'll have it why <laughs> not oh, yeah, then you just be rude <laughs> okay so on our super um unique and cool scale of uh, beer rating, um, where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, a four out of five is full, and a five out of five is rigid, where a six out of five is super saiyan. What say ye, Sarah? Um, I'm going to say initial. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not blowing me away, um, but I don't hate it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't even like it either. <laughs> <laughs> but I can drink my yes. my uh, my taster, so it's not like a Danny Trejo where it was just horrible oh, for me. That oh, we couldn't yeah. even finish it. Yeah, so that's what that would that's what my rating is. That's funny that you say that. I forgot about that beer, and that one was a, a flaccid in a way where there was no taste, and this is very tasty. Very flavorful, but in a weird way. I don't know how to explain it. Very flavorful (laughs) in a... In a way that you do not like the flavors. Yeah, I really like to see what their um, bouquet is made up of. I mean, uh, the taste... um, What do you call it? The taste profile? I'd like to see what the brewer and the brewery actually indicate as the profile um, for their flavors. Because I'm tasting so many things and there's a lot of them that I'm not quite placing. Mm -hmm. But... This is Kristen. I'm also giving it um, initial, which is a two out of five, because that that zesty that lemon rind flavor is just uh, is not good to me. <laughs> hey, this is Jen, and I'm actually gonna give it a partial because I enjoyed it. It's still not, I don't I don't think I quite like loggers in the fact that they mostly remind me of Corona, yeah, <laughs> right, and Miller and stuff like that. So, um, um, it's, it's like, I'll drink it, uh, but it would not be my go-to. I have found that I actually really like porters and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, IPAs are good, but I, I like porters and stuff like that. If you are looking for a, a lager, I highly recommend the Electrolyte at the Red Car Brewery in Torrance, mm. California. It's a really good, um, a really good lager and, um... It goes really well with their IPA. Sometimes I'll mix half and half because their IPA is very potent, and it's a perfect mixture. It's really good. Mm. So that was our review, guys. And now we have a book review. Which book are we reviewing today, girls? So today we are reviewing... The first two in a series from Wicked Tree Press. 
And it is called Pistol. It's Pistol, P-I-S-T-I-L. Those of you, uh, what is it, botanists, might, <laughs> might recognize that as, um, uh, it's like a, is it like the sexual organ of the plant or something? <laughs> no. No. If you've watched Grease 2, there's a whole song where they yes. talk about the pistol. Oh my gosh, flower, really? That, that reproduction. Do you remember that song? Reproduction. Yes. Reproduction. Oh my yes. gosh. They talk you about just... the pistol and the stain and all this. (laughs) They do. And you know what? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, anyway, they actually address the title of the book in the comic, and it does have to do with plants and, like, uh, existential stuff. But um, this was given... I don't remember if I bought it or was given to me, but um, from the actual writer um, and the creative team on the book is written by Jessica Mason, illustrated by Lonnie Watson and Mark McTall, colors by Mark McTall, and letter and design by Mark McTall, edited by Jessica Judd. And then uh, Pistol was created by Jessica Mason, who was also the writer. So um, I've got this so long ago, (laughs) even before... um, What's the one we did with the knives in the dress? Oh, Jalisco. Jalisco. Okay, even before Jalisco. So when I read this, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that was the first thing that hit me, was that it was so similar in story. I had never heard of the Adelitas before, and now here I am reading another book all about the Adelitas. Mm-hmm. Um, this this character and this story was very, very similar. So I feel like I was spoiled and ruined by reading Jalisco first, if that makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt. So, um, anyway, Sarah, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about it at all? I can keep going. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So, uh, confession time. I did not read Jalisco. I was actually not there for that yes. interview right, that's because uh, something happened. Yeah. Yeah, something happened. I don't remember what it was, but I was not able to make it. And so this was the first time I read it. Uh, and then you had told me that it was like Jalisco. Um, and I still haven't read Jalisco. <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, but I kind of uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I, am, uh, I liked Magdal's artwork. Mm-hmm. The other... Because there was two... Two different styles of artwork. Yes, um, the uh, first one was issue zero, and it was uh, Lady L- Lonnie. L- Lonnie, yeah, I think that's her name. And then the Watson. Second, I'm sorry. Oh, Watson. Watson. Sorry. Was Watson's mostly all Watson art- artwork, art. Mm-hmm. and then issue number one uh, had Macdal's most of Macdal's work on yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I believe did the, the cover as well. I believe. and he did the cover as well, which the cover is really engaging. Yeah, it's on really both cool. of the issues, zero and one, zero and one. Yeah. They're... So, in so... in what you guys were saying about, I was telling Jen, I was very mad at myself because um, it's the first two issues of this series. I'm actually not sure how many are out. Uh, they're working on two to be released. Okay. Uh, and Comicsology is where I got that information. Okay. So, yeah. um, I got I had these two. I had them with number one laying on top. So I read number one <laughs> because I thought the other issue was number two. I uh-huh. didn't realize it was a zero, zero. issue. So yeah. I got mad at myself when I saw that. I'm like, man. And there were some things actually in the second one that it were made more sense after reading zero. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have read it. And when mm-hmm. I say that I got spoiled, I I mean like the idea to me was like fresh and cool and exciting when I read uh, or when I heard about Jalisco. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like now it was kind of just like, a, oh, more of the same. Right, and got I, and it. I'm I'm upset about that because actually I was really excited about this book when it first, first came out came, when it when I was first introduced to it and when I was first talking to the creator I believe it was at Long Beach mm, I think um, so I it think might it was have been Long, Long Beach, Beach yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, there was a listener who came to our table. Um, I'm not sure in which convention, but they said, "Have you? Why don't you guys review Pistil?" And I was like, "I haven't even heard of that." Yeah. And so then I was, now that I read it, like you said, I was like, oh, this is like Jalisco, almost yeah. 
Almost, to the T. Right. Yeah. Yes. But this came out first. And unfortunately, yes. we didn't. Yes. Yeah. And that's why. Because I have had this for so long. And then the fact that we, um, we read... Uh, Jalisco first and then did it I feel bad because I do I feel bad because yes. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. it got spoiled for me because I was like it it I, I it came out first it was I don't who knows if it was created first I don't know but I I feel like it was a little I was disappointed by it mm-hmm. um for whatever reason but mm-hmm. um I'll just gonna really quickly read the back of um Issue zero. Um, And it says, Lita Soledad fled to the U.S., escaping two years of forced sex work at the hands of a cruel cartel. The night she escaped, the spirits of her ancestors, Las Aralitas, burned down the brothel and killed her captors. But the man who murdered her mother and abused her for years escaped. After that night, those spirits travel with her, hungry for justice and revenge. Lita spends years burying the power the spirits gave her deep within, resisting violent solutions. But it gets harder with each injustice that goes unpunished. When a young girl is assaulted in front of her, Lita stops resisting and transforms into Pistol, a vigilante superhero, a deadly defender of victims that the world ignores. She picks up her pistols like the women warriors before her and has no plans to stand down. Yes, that sounds very powerful indeed. Um, I this is Sarah, and issue zero uh, was the artwork of Watson, um, mm-hmm. and I just uh, couldn't get into it um, yeah. visually, mm-hmm. um, and that made the story um, not work well with me as mm-hmm. far as the flow. Mm-hmm. But um, um, but in issue one, I think uh, having MacTal be part of actually uh, it made it flow better yes most definitely it was a better flow and everything but then ever so often they'd introduce the back the matter of issue zero and that threw me off a little bit oh okay so again those of you who listen know that i don't look at the picture (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't even notice that some of the old art was brought into really but it's so different (laughs) yes it's such a night and day from word bubble to word bubble that's funny well and uh Here's the thing, because, yeah, when they would introduce the original artist from the first, uh, from issue zero, uh, you can definitely tell that they did not have experience with formatting comics because sometimes those word bubbles were like, okay, this doesn't flow. Right. And right. Uh, that's a, that is one of my criticisms I of did it. find that, am I mixing books? I read so many. I did find that. As an issue, was it with this one? There was uh, just the placement, just the simple placement. There are some very basic rules of um, of story flow mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, word bubble placement mm-hmm. um, that I think you just kind of, it, you start to innately know as you read more and more comics. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is very jarring when you're reading a comic that doesn't follow those rules. Uh-huh. One of the things, I hate to interrupt you, but one of the things I also think that happens a lot in these books um, is that they know the story. They've gone over the story like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But when they're putting it out on the comic book page, they're almost it, it almost uh, they almost tell us the story as if they assume we already know. Yeah. And so like a lot of things are a little gappy in a sense, not yeah. flowing very well. And I'm left like um, I'm left wanting a little bit more from that part. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I think I want I mean, the first two, three issues need to grab you and I need a little more in that, you know. A little bit more exposition. Yes. I feel like, Even narration, um, narration uh, dialogue would really be helpful. Mm -hmm. That's that's what exposition is. (laughs) Oops, sorry. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. So... um, Yo no entiendo. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, the word bubble placements, even how they would place some of the text boxes, too, didn't really flow well. Like, Mm -hmm. there was one where they put... 
some years out of order. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't out of order, but I did not like how they yeah, flowed like, because it would drop from 14 years to seven yes. to two to yes, the present day. Yes, yes. And I thought that was like, this is a bit confusing. Well, yes. overall, I did enjoy the story. Yes, and um, I think it uh, has great message. potential. It has yes. incredible com- potential. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. did like Magdal's work. Oh, his work he's, is, oh my God. He's really good. And you can tell that he at least has a grasp of how a comic book should be formatted. Yeah. Um, I feel that he knows the flow of the character tells a story it's, as well. We don't mm-hmm. even need the word bubbles at that uh-huh. point. Um, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh-huh. Not only that, between issue zero and issue one, I feel like we need something. Mm-hmm. Like, there, like there's there's a pretty significant jump. And mm-hmm. there's a character in, you keep seeing Pistol, but in my head, I had been calling it Pistil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In my head, and when I read it, I also was calling it Pistil uh-huh. until I read their dis- their the explanation of why, why she uh-huh. took that name, and that is Pistol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't even make that connection. Yes. I just thought because they were spelled alike, that's why they said it. I'm just like, they don't even sound alike. But So I've just been calling. But then when you said it, pistol, I was just like, oh, that makes more sense. Uh-huh. But I'm still calling it pistil. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so, but, um, um, oh, where was I going with this? That there needs to be something between issue zero oh, and yes. issue one. And so, there was a character. Yes, there's a character in issue zero. Or her name is Mira. And Mira is the... Uh, girl that she saves uh because yeah this is uh there is a trigger warning on this mm-hmm, book because mm-hmm. it is about sexual assault and mm-hmm. sexual assault survivors and stuff like that and sex mm-hmm. trafficking uh which is where the comparison to Jalisco comes from mm-hmm. uh but uh, there is a character who is about to be uh raped and uh she saves her now there's another character in issue one who shares the same name. And here's another thing, is that I kept getting the names confused between uh, the women and some of the other characters as well. Not because they looked alike, but because sometimes they would refer to them in the same, uh, in some of speech bubbles. Uh, but when they were calling, like, Lita, I wasn't sure what Lita's name was for a while because they kept saying Mira and Lita. And Mira, when he was talking, uh, when one of the one of the characters was talking to Lita, and he called her Mira, and I was just like, I'm very confused right now. Is her mm-hmm. name Mira? Is it Lita? What what uh-huh. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but then I figured it out, and I had actually thought Lita was the cop in issue one. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, no, they're different because I don't. It was probably a mistake that they that they might have made, but they kept referring to. Lita as Mira. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, no. Uh, and then it got cleared up a little bit okay. later. But I think that might have been an error mm-hmm. that they might have made. Or maybe I just read it wrong. Uh, but either way, that kind of confusion does not help. Mm-hmm. Right. And stuff right. like that. So definitely there's a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. for the comic. But I did enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I did like in the back that you have Magdal's artwork of Lita in her Adelita like mm-hmm. uh, costume and uh, it has uh, references for help for sexual assault to oh yes mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that I thought that was really cool and I thought that was really good mm-hmm. and something I don't know if Jalisco had that any like kind of references and stuff like that I don't think so for like sex trafficking yeah. and stuff like that and that was I thought that was really yeah, cool yeah I and, did too and um, uh, and I actually did like the letters that they made in the first one uh, but if you did not read the letters as I know some people don't you would not know that this has a trigger warning mm-hmm. and that that's what it talks about mm-hmm. so that's kind of another thing maybe it does have parental advisory I think on it the does. Yes, of it. It does. it does so actually never mind that's a that's a pretty good mm-hmm. frame of reference too I like that as well um, uh, but there's definitely more work to be done and I feel like by an issue six this they would have worked out the kinks all the kinks, the um, uh, who's doing the arc, the um, uh, the bubbles and everything, mm-hmm. and better story flow as well. But the potential is definitely there, and I uh, I was able to enjoy it for that much at least. Well, we have said before on the podcast that um, a story has to get you at least by the third issue, or else you pretty much drop the story. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know what? 
this is issue zero, so I'm thinking the first three, <laughs> they still have uh, an extra. So what I'm thinking, though, is that Alandi, Alati, <laughs> a lot of indie creators don't get that mm-hmm. because people who are go through Diamond, who are through regular um, types of distribution, they know that because they know that new books come out on Wednesday, you mm-hmm. got to you got to catch the reader or else they're not going to come back a month later to get your number two. And maybe indie creators aren't under that same kind of um, understanding or pressure, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, you're right. And, I mean, some indie creators take years between issues That's true. one yeah. and two. Yes. So um, I think that definitely it's a... It's kind of like a guideline that holds for books that come out through the 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 um, basic distribution through Diamond and comic books. But indie creators, um, I agree that still I want to be grabbed by issue one or two and definitely by three. But I think I feel like uh, indie creators don't necessarily go by that same kind of guideline because mm-hmm. of the fact that their publishing schedules couldn't be super, super drawn out. Mm-hmm. And I'm all, I almost hesitate to say that maybe they should do it as a graphic novel mm-hmm. first because... If you don't know how to do a comic and then you just do a graphic novel, then you just have a graphic novel that's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's just like, yeah. I paid 20 bucks for something that I can barely read. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of like, I get it. It's hard to do this, especially once you, if you're doing everything on your own and you're trying to publish it on your own. Mm-hmm. And there's all these rules that you don't really know about unless you're a comic reader or like in the industry already as a professional. So it can it can be hard and probably the single issue format is best for them because it's uh, at the moment cheaper. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, um but there is there is that in between time. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come with it out with it monthly. They probably don't have time to come out with it monthly. Yeah. It could be years before or like uh Maybe even decades. <laughs> That's uh, true. Before they um uh, before they come out with an issue number two, but it's definitely something. At least, if anything, of any indie creators that listen to us, you. I'm not saying put it out quicker, but maybe kind of look into storyboarding and stuff like that. Because while. I see, I see that um uh, in the ba- in the back and when they're introducing they give the information of the creators a lot of these people are in like writing mm-hmm. uh directing and stuff like that but uh they don't really do or are much associated with storyboarding some of the best comics that I've seen from indie creators are people who have or at least have some idea about how to storyboard mm-hmm. and stuff like that like how panel flowings and stuff like that or script writing. Mm-hmm. Usually if somebody has experience with script writing or storyboarding, the comic that they made, they have an idea. They kind of have the groundwork of how something flows. Mm-hmm. If if you can't see it, if it doesn't flow as it would in a movie, it's you might want to rethink it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might want to rethink it because that's what comic books are basically and that's why a lot of movie industries and stuff like that or i really like movie companies are picking up graphic novels is that that's it such an easy transition it's it's an easy transition to make um uh, but it's uh it definitely requires some experience or at least some knowledge in storyboarding and i mean i'm listening you say this and you know you guys are right i mean there is issue zero where there's an elemental idea and then by issue one like it's almost um improved by like Mm -hmm. 20 percent you know Uh and um maybe by issue two there be even more work that has been done in order to Mm -hmm. um, execute issue number two so you're right you're right. Um, as indie creators, there has to be that time where, I mean, they're still working the nine to five. Uh-huh. You know, they have kids yep. or, you know, family or a dog to walk or whatever. But <laughs> so uh, so I, I get that. <clears throat> I mean, the main idea is very, very interesting. The cover art is astounding. Yeah. The cover art was like amazing the to me. Yeah, really it really good. grabbed it's very me. very grabbing. Mm-hmm. 
And it's really good. And like I said, the idea is solid. And maybe it's because I didn't read Jalisco is why I'm a bit more yeah. forgiving for this one as well. Um, uh, so I'm going to have to, now I'm going to have to read Jalisco uh, <laughs> and see what, well, what's up with that one. But I feel like by an issue three, like an actual issue, like in issue number three, um, uh, this will have worked out most of its um, uh, what I what I see as problems, or at least like minor issues, minor improvements that can make just the story flow better, mm-hmm. uh, and it will. And I do very much like the idea and the fact that it has frames of reference for help and stuff like that. And like a, having a revenge story, or at least like kind of like a savior story for mm-hmm. this kind of stuff is uh, like uh, for like sex tra- uh, sexual assault survivors and stuff like that. That's a really good solid concept that I am one hundred percent behind. Uh, and it's one of the things that I do like about this story. I do like that uh, she is kind of like, or at least that's the idea I got at, by the end of issue one, which is really the second issue that we read. It's confusing. We keep saying issue one, but that was really, in my mind, issue two, even though <laughs> zero issue came first. Um, but by the end of issue one, I kind of see like how Pistol is going to be like, the punisher of <laughs> oh yes absolutely uh, of, of uh, this story and i like that yes where there's she had and she also has a sidekick i like that too mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential of the character development and story development around mm-hmm. that as well uh so i really really liked that but i liked her no nonsense approach mm-hmm. and her like look i know that there's rules in place and i know that people expect um me to follow them and expect that other people are going to follow them too but sometimes uh, you don't find justice through the the mainstream channels and that's absolutely correct I mean I worked in the sexual assault mm-hmm. um uh, field for quite some time and um, going through all of that and uh, even a, a, a victim a survivor who does everything a hundred percent the way that you're quote unquote supposed to do it um, rarely sees a conviction so mm. I I really liked the way that that story is going um, the way that it kind of turned in, into into that more like vigilante type mm-hmm. uh, yes. stuff I really liked that yeah that was that was really really good uh, so I like kind of that the fact that she is kind of like a female punisher mm-hmm. that is going on but it has it's very it's still very deeply rooted by like with the Adelitas and stuff like yeah, that yeah. yeah, and by it, uh, on issue one they do do a good job of introducing a potential tension between her and her partner yes. who is a hacker and mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, you can tell when this is kind of inspired by as well uh, from issue zero uh, because it makes kind of a reference to something that happened a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Of um, uh, there was this young girl who was uh, raped by uh, a popular college, um, uh, not college, um, uh, but a football player from a small town. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the whole town knew. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, but no charges were pressed or anything. Or I think they were press but then they were dropped Mm -hmm. because it's a small community and everything and then hackers revealed who all of their information and stuff like that but instead of anything being done the entire town turned on this girl yeah and she committed suicide and now and now it's kind of like and we've seen that happen multiple times especially and that makes references to that Mm -hmm. and stuff as well and i thought that was really good yeah the fact that you can kind of tell when this was done mm-hmm. or at least when the idea like fully formulized and they decided to use that because I really like when you can see how events uh, shape a comic and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. so I thought that was really good and I liked that they were able to meld stuff that happened in real life into the comic book and stuff like that but there is a uh, there's still a work that needs to be done, but I would 100% put, like, by that second issue mm-hmm. just to see if they did progress yeah. more, if they have worked out the kinks or anything. Yeah. Did you say Comixology has issue two? No, they're, they just said coming soon, oh, okay. issue number two. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I particularly like uh, issue number one on this a lot more than the zero. Um, I, liked, yeah. I like the cliffhanger and the possible... Um, bad guy or you know yeah, opponent yeah, that they're yeah. introducing mm-hmm. and the artwork is just really 
it it's really on point right there. I I really I really appreciate that. Um, I thought that the execution was a lot better on issue number one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, having said that, um, are we ready to rate the book? Yes. So, yeah. on our Comadre C Comics rating scale of one to three conchas, uh, what would you rate Pistol slash Pistil? <laughs> I'm going to go two conchas. Uh-huh. Um, this is Sarah. Two mm-hmm. conchas for me. Okay. This is Kristen. I'm also going to give it two conchas. Like I said, I think that the... Um, the groundwork for the story has really been set uh, really well in the first, or the zero and first issue. And I'm really, I also would buy number two to see where it's going and how the character development evolves um, from where we're left off at issue one. Mm-hmm. Well, you're both nicer than me because <laughs> I'm going to give it... Um, uh, we all know that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to give it one concha. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, you know what? Yeah, it's. I'm still going to give it one concha because uh, while I did enjoy it and I did enjoy the idea for it, I just feel like it still needs a bit of work yeah. to be done. And... Um, um, but it's the potential is different is definitely there, and if like let's say by issue three or something, or by issue once they have like mm-hmm. five issues out and they do a graphic novel, and I would be able to read that and see how it's progressed, it could easily be a three conchas book. Mm-hmm. But right yeah. now, I'm gonna give it one concha. Okay, uh, better than no conchas. That's fair. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've ever given a zero concha. No, oh, oh, never wow. mind. We're okay. too nice. What's we're what, too nice. What's worse than than one concha? Like what's what's uh, something that you go to the panaderia and you used to be upset that your mom would even or your grandma would even dare to put that in the box that you were taking home? I gotta I gotta think about that one. Yeah, because I could think of <laughs> of other foreign pastries that my palate is not accustomed to, which uh-huh. you see them and they look like they're going to be really sweet and wonderful and then you taste and you're like what the heck is yeah, this yeah, yeah. yeah so I'd have to come back on that one I was going to say no conchas no conchas and la chancla <laughs> <laughs> and that was our book review guys All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar, and I have On My Radar today. On January 2020, there's going to be a release of a TV series on uh, the Freeform, and it's called Party of Five. And this is a remake. Oh, my God. I used to love Party of Five (laughs) when it first came out. Okay, I didn't know it was a remake. What is Party of Five? So Party of Five, basically, in the original, which I didn't see. uh, maybe You never watched Party of Five? Never watched (gasps) it. Well, there's like an older brother and four siblings, and what happened? to the parents in the original they one. died in a car accident i believe and so the older brother had to to keep the family together mm-hmm. and not being separated he had to make sure that he could take care of his siblings uh-huh. and that was the whole premise of the show party of five so oh. yes because they owned a restaurant right so whenever they the whole family was there uh-huh. it was a party of five yeah oh. to see a party of five and yeah. this tv show actually like really launched the um, careers of Lacey um, Chabert. Chabert, I don't know how you say <laughs> Chabert. <laughs> um, she now she was on Scary Movie. She oh. also is um, now really big in like all the Hallmark slash Lifetime oh, show yeah, films. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Scott Wolf yes. uh, and also Matthew Fox and Nev Campbell. Yes, Those, I remember Nev Campbell was yes, really big. And Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, that's oh, right. Really? Yes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, oh my God! If I like the Party of Five was on par um, with Gilmore Girls to me when I, I mean, they didn't come out at the same time, but like, yeah, I was same, addicted yeah. to it like that, charmed and you <laughs> yes, know, like yeah. all that uh-huh. during that whole t- TV time. Well, this Party of Five takes place. Um, it's actually the Acosta children, and they have to navigate through the struggles after their parents were divor- de- uh, deported back to Mexico. <gasps> oh, oh that's very modern. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, I wasn't going to even give it a chance, but I saw the trailer, and one of the things that st- got me all teary-eyed because... Um, the brother saying to his siblings, he's like, you know, our parents started way worse than where we are, where we're starting mm-hmm. today. 
So mm. it was like a pep talk, and I was like, oh, my God. And I actually talked about it at Thanksgiving because I was just so drawn in by this um, trailer. I mean, one of the things is one of the young younger girls, uh, she's, you know, becoming a teenager and so forth, and mm -hmm. uh, she has to know that the idea that she might not have her mom there for mm -hmm. while she's, you know, developing and going through all these changes and how she's being very reckless almost kind of uh, and then the brother who has to t keep it all together because they might be separated and put in different homes I mean it just mm -hmm. feels so so real you know mm -hmm. and the struggles of, of their parents being deported I think they're going to be part of the storyline where they're trying to get mm -hmm. them back in their mm -hmm. lives and stuff so it just it felt really amazing and I wanted to let you guys know in the audience out there know to keep an eye out uh, Freeform is really kind of killing it right now so There's Freeform is what used to be ABC Family oh okay yes. yeah mm -hmm. and um, they announced this so long ago that Quite honestly, I thought it already came and got canceled. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm happy to know that it is not due out till January. And I hope that I have the opportunity to watch it on Hulu because I don't oh, have... Yes. Um, I think Freeform stuff comes on Hulu. Yes, so. it does. Disney okay, Plus. Yeah. It's, it's... Oh, that's right. Disney Plus would have it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because ABC. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, um, I, I try to look for it on Hulu to just put it in my yeah. in my pile of stuff that I watch, but it's not there yet. But I found another another thing <laughs> that I got hooked on to. But this is definitely on my radar, and it should be on yours as well, because we need more representation in the shows we watch out there. So hopefully you guys can um, see it on Hulu, and hopefully it's a great show. <laughs> All right, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Okay, so today on Juntos y Fuertes, I have something that is very timely because the holidays are upon us. And those of you who are comic readers and enjoyers probably want to bestow that same love of comic onto your friends. And today I have um, an actual gift guide to the 50... Um, like top rated or top um, reviewed or top recommended queer comics for everyone on your list. Ooh. So um, if you go to comicsbeat.com, they have um, the, a gift guide, 50 queer comics for everyone on your list. And it includes things like Angela, Asgard's assassin. Oh, yeah. Um, archival quality, which is a um, like a, a YA from Oni Press. Uh, of course, Batwoman, Kate Kane, Batwoman. <laughs> Woman, uh, Bitch Planet. Heck yes. Um, yes. And then I always wanted to read this one, Bloom from First Second. We got it into the, yes. the store and it looked so inviting to me um, and I um, never got to read it. Uh, but there's so many cool ones on here that I didn't even, that I've seen that some, some of them I didn't even know were considered queer comics or had queer characters or themes or whatever. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited that they made this list and it's actually a list that I want to go back um, through and see if we can get more of them into the shop as well. Um, but a lot of them we've talked about and a lot of uh, some of them we've read and they have um, the gambit of um, ages on here. They have YA, they have all ages, they have, um, you know, drama, comedy, um, mm -hmm. mature uh, rating. But yeah, like biography, that. fun home is on here. So yes. um, go to, oh, Giant Days, one of my faves. <laughs> go to comicsbeat.com and we can share the link as well. But um, you have a gift guide um, to support all of, and some of them probably also, I mean, I know that uh, Alison Bechdel. Um, is a, a queer creator. So um, you're supporting queer comics, and that is a, a great way to be junto y fuerte. All right, guys, it's time for saludos because we're reaching the end of this episode. And saludos goes out to Creatively Queer Press. And they are the ones that are publishing cuentos. 
right, yes, Kristen? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and what happened with Cuentos? Well, they had a Kickstarter that was trying to kickstart a bilingual anthology that I thought was really cool. And we actually talked about it on one of our last episodes. And they were so thankful and like mm-hmm. reached out to us and was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing. And also, I don't know if you two realize, but a lot of other Latino comics, um, Facebook groups uh, shared our post. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I kept nice. seeing it being shared over oh, and over again. So, yeah. So, um, and they said, you know, you're getting a lot of new eyes on our Kickstarter. Well, as of, um, well, I don't know as of today when it happened, but they, um, uh, when I checked on it today, they already had not only met, but surpassed their, their goal. goal. So, yeah. Oh, so, congratulations. Amazing. Congrats to them. We're very happy. For yes, we can't wait to get our hands on this book. And that, again, saludos to Creatively Queer Press on their Kickstarter uh, cuentos. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. Or on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can tweet us or DM us. <laughs> Every time you say DM, I always think some bad stuff. <laughs> you can always email us directly at comics at gmail.com. We also have a Snapchat. It's Comadres y Comics. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, my name is Elaine Martinez, host of Elaine's Cooking for the Soul, a weekly show that some describe as a post-apocalyptic cooking podcast, but I describe as government-approved cooking with government-approved rations. Each week, me and a fellow survivor, I mean guest, will cook a new and clear recipe for a post-nuclear society. This is a brand new cooking podcast, so I just wanted to give you a little taste of what you can look forward to. I'd like to share my rice and beans recipe. Chia pudding. Nuclear exchange affecting coastal regions of the U.S. Chili. Churros. Disastrous radiations of yet unknown scale. Bolognese. Pistachio crusted salmon. Is it sundown already? Chicken livestock producing only double yolked blood filled eggs. Bread is now illegal. Well, 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 well. What do we have here? Ronaline! Oh my, the samples were on shuffle, I guess. Um, well, that wasn't exactly the part I planned on sharing. Anyway, if you're looking for some exciting ways to cook in this brave new world, be sure to tune into Elaine's Cooking for the Soul on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your other survivalist and dental care podcasts.